This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here's Speroni, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose, where space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, of uk. And I've returned from my Easter hiatus to build you up to Everton's visit to Sellers Park, along with Albert and Heskiff. Crystal Palace in front. On by Benteke. Here's Zaha. Palace back in front. Lubovic to deliver, yeah! and it's been put in, James MacArthur with a final touch. Benteke, mm, yeah, oh what a day, what a day it was at Arsenal on the weekend, beautiful sunshine and a fantastic result to put us all in a good mood, especially you Heskiff, you enjoyed the day out didn't you? Sorry in advance to Billiam, but I've finally fucking seen us beat Arsenal, <laughs> what a day, I'm still, I'm still ba- bathing in the glory of it all. Yeah, of course, you missed a 3-0 at home a couple of seasons ago. Um, I did. And I'm only a couple ahead of you. With My first ever game was the last time Palace won away at Arsenal in 94. So what a day out. And um, Albert, I listened back to the preview podcast from last week, which um, obviously I apologise for missing if you was expecting my dulcet tones. And um, you, along with everyone, went for a loss. No, no even post-beer optimism during the pod from you. No. No, thought we were going to lose there, and you know, obviously, very pleasantly surprised. Um, didn't didn't go to the game. It was Easter. Uh, big family curry, and then got back just in time for kickoff. And the rest, as they say, is history. It was a it was a perfect day. Where was the curry? Uh, there's a restaurant in Harrow called Bombay Central. Other curry restaurants are available, but don't bother. Go to Bombay Central. Um, it is exquisite. And the best thing about it was we ordered way too much because there was like 12 of us, which meant no leftovers had it again following day. Wallop! 
That's exactly what you're talking about. I had I had curry on uh, Monday. Um, friends over from Germany, and um, one of my friends I had over from Germany, a guy called Lexi, um, big Bayern Munich fan, um, second ever Palace game that he come to. The other being five nil against Leicester when Benteke scored his last goal. So um, Shiter. I've discovered the root of the curse for Christian Benteke. And um, yeah, I think I've I had enough people offer to chip in three seasons to get we can get him over for every game next season. Um, in my absence last week, uh, I got a fantastic text message from my dad the following day uh, where he messaged me saying, are you, are you all right? I'm just listening to the podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I've got friends over from Germany. We've got a kid running around the house. I just can't get anywhere quiet to do it. And he's like, oh, so so you don't have a broken hand then? <laughs> so just, what, what, what do you mean I don't have a broken hand? Oh, well, on the podcast, they said you've got a broken hand from punching a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what, are they, what have they been talking about? And obviously I listened back and uh, Mike was talking about referring to Townsend punching the dugout. And um, my dad genuinely thought I had a broken hand. <laughs> that was why I the pod. From hitting an Alsatian. Exactly. Yeah, fake you know, news, my dad, fake uh, news. Yeah, my dad, um, you know, has a dog, loves dogs. My sister, like, works in a rescue cat and dog centre. And there's me punching dogs out. <laughs> um, Albert, we'll start with you. You went viral, well, semi-viral on Twitter. Um, what was you talking about? Oh, it's still going on now. It's still going on now. My phone keeps lighting up, I think they say. The phone is lit lit up. Lit up. Uh, I can't, do you know what? I can't even remember what it was. I think it was... Um, there was lots of... As on social media, there was lots of people complaining. Arsenal fans, this is not Palace fans, complaining that they should have had a, a penalty for a handball. So I just, you know, a little bit of research. Just did a um, little rem- reminder of it with a, a, a screenshot of Lacazette handballing the ball at the home fixture early in the season just saying you know quit your whining because um what goes around comes around and it's all kicked off it has i mean it hasn't all kicked off there's there's one particularly vocal um arsenal fan who really really looks like nick gussett of the review show parish um he does like kind of like a younger version like a younger sort of like Grand Theft Auto, like a fied <laughs> Nick Gusset, and he just won't let it drop. It's just it's, he just won't let it drop, and there's plenty of people reminding him that Jacker, yeah, his his beef is that Zaha's a cheat, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, I particularly enjoyed of- him saying that um, when he said that he dived in that Arsenal game, so it evened out the Lacazette handball, and then he said. Um, <laughs> Uh, everyone pointed out that you know your player said that you fouled him. He said it was a penalty. Yeah, but but if he had actually died, then Zaha said he'd die. You lot would be sad he didn't die. And everyone's like, "What are you talking about, mate? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing the complete opposite, you twat." Clutching at straws. Um, and his name's Wavy Davy, Wavy Davy, or something, which you know speaks for itself. Yeah. Well, you may have noticed, everyone, that. Um, Another thing in my absence last week, I missed beer check and I got loads of abuse last week. Um, do you guys want to clear it up? Make any apologies? Albert, you want, you want a gin and orange? Mate, I was sipping on gin and juice, laid back with my mind and my money and my money and my mind. 
Yeah. So, um, so I'm gone full out like Gordon's gin and tonic today. Have you? That's well it. done. Yeah. yeah well, welcome to mature adulthood. I I remember Everton away last year when you tried to poison me with gin. <laughs> well, Never forgetting that. That's very good. That was part of the reason why I did it. But go, Billiam, play us some beer checks. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. So is it gin and juice again, Albert, or do you need to drive later? You're correct. I do need to drive later, which is why I'm only having a single Budweiser. <laughs> a, sing- <laughs> a single Budweiser. Yeah. And Heskiff, Moretti crew? Mixing it up today. Not got Moretti. Um, I've gone to a different continent. I'm having a bottle of Asahi. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, which is nice. It's pretty good. I had it uh, for the first time on Friday after I did a very nice visit to Kew Gardens because I'm cultured in that. Um, and it was hot and we realised we hadn't had any food. So we, me and my wife got some got some drinks before we ate and I got pissed pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, and then they were, as always, on offer when I went to Tesco. So I thought I'd get pissed again. <laughs> I wonder if your local Tesco listens and says, "What? What do we need to upsell this week?" Hesky, if I'll be they honest. need to. Then they need to start stocking Dosakis. Yeah. <laughs> when you say on offer, do you mean on a financial offer, or they're just on the shelf on offer? Because you should, <laughs> that shouldn't be a that shouldn't so, be a someone, surprise. Someone has just stood there with an open palm, holding them out. Yeah. And when I walk past, I go, eh? And, I, eh? and you put five pounds in his hand and they give you the bill. And then I get them. I know. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It could catch on. What is, I think we're onto something here. What I reckon is we're in happening? The wrong, wrong game. What is happening? <laughs> this is as crazy as Wayne Hennessy not knowing who the Nazis were. Um, oh, talking of that, did you see he got the treatment from Dave, David Squires in The Guardian? Uh, Heskiff, yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed a cartoon? Yeah, very good. I mean, I, I like the I like those cartoons anyway. But um, yeah, he, he absolutely nailed it. Uh, but it, it. Paul Jewell's got a bit of a digging out as well. But you know, we'll take it. Yeah, and um, Albert, any anything that ends with a over overextended punchline being Carlo Nash is pretty solid, isn't it? He's done. It's great work. I think. He, I think he said on on Twitter it was a toss up between Carlo Nash or Perry Suckling. Um, you know, Carlo Nash is a bit more my era, so that got a doff of the cap from from the Curly household. And also in the Guardian this week, Aaron Wan Bissaka has made team of the season. Now, Albert, he hasn't made PFA young player shortlist, somewhat ridiculously, but um, yeah, he's gone on. He's gone at least into the Guardian team of the season. Well deserved, we think. Most definitely. I mean, his stats speak. We, we, we don't have to go through his stats and his performances. You know, there's not there's not one. Not one wide player that we've come up against has had a really joyful day against him. You know whether that's Hazard or, or some of the lower, you know, the lower half opposition. He's, you know, he's he's head and shoulders above everybody else in that position, which only makes it more astounding that he didn't make the young players list. And I know, I know it's not, um, it's no one's fault, but I find it utterly bizarre that someone like Raheem Sterling can be on both lists. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to, you know, he clearly is a contender for player of the season. But it's like if you're on the if you're on the the the, the pro- yeah. whatever you want to call it the proper list, yeah. Why do you go on the the young players list as well? Like it's um, well, especially if it's gonna he, he wins one or both, right? He can't. He, he's got to win both. He can't win one or the other. 
Surely. Yeah, exactly. Which just, just, which again, just makes it seem puts the whole thing at a bit of a mockery, really. Yeah. If, um, he, if he wins the main one, he's got to win the young one. Um, because if not, why isn't the young other young one up for the main one? <laughs> well, exa- exactly. Yeah. But um, I don't, I don't, for me, I, I think it should probably be between Aaron Wan-Bissaka and David Brooks and Bournemouth for it this season. I think those are two play- young players that have really made a big splash. You know, and it would probably end up going to Brooks because he's done it at the other end of the pitch, which people tend to appreciate a bit more at a younger age. You know, even though obviously Wan-Bissaka putting up the numbers he has been putting up, and as you say, you know. They, there was one point this season, it was just after we played City, that Squawker on Twitter put out a tweet saying that Sane becomes the first person to take him on twice <laughs> in uh, one season, uh, which is, you know, really clutching at straws, especially considering both times he actually got back and made the recovery tackle anyway. So, um, yeah, so I, so I think it's, it's good that he gets into the Guardian team this season. I think I can't really see past him. I don't know what you think, Heskiff, but I can't really see past him for Palace player of the year next week. Yeah, he's, he's a shoe in for me. Um, like, yeah, I completely agree with you too about being a bit confused as to how he's not on that list, mm. especially when you've got, you know, Marcus Rashford hasn't played all that much can, compared to previous years as far as I remember. And, you know, as good as similar as to Sterling, as good as Bernardo Silva is, he's 24. So, you know, the parameters of being young for that award are a bit weird. Um, but in terms of, yeah, our player of the year, I think finally someone's going to get their name in it that isn't Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. I think um, there's no more apt expression than he's a shoe in for Aaron Wambasaka, if I'm honest. <laughs> and he's certainly. With a very long leg <laughs> on the end of it. Um, Silly season started. Uh, it was it was a beautiful headline in the newspaper, just so much so that I had to laugh when it said, Palace identified Zaha replacement in Jack Grealish. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's some really, really good observations there, whether that's from bullshit in the press or from our scout just going, oh yeah, I've, I've noticed this really good player in the championship. <laughs> um, pff, Albert, can you see that happening even remotely? No, I, I, whether whether Wilf stays or goes, no matter how much money we get for for him, if he does go, I I, I cannot see Jack Grealish coming to Crystal Palace. Mm. I think there's, you know, was it? I think uh, what window was it? You know, heavily linked with Tottenham, yeah. Um, who I'm sure would still be interested if they had the money. Um, there's 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 bigger, probably bigger clubs than us who would be a few places in the front of the queue. I imagine, no matter how much money we had. Yeah, could you could you imagine Aston Villa boyhood fan, captain of Aston Villa, leaving to go and play for Crystal Palace? I I can't see it happening. And the way they're going at the moment, great guns in the championship. They've got to be favourites for the playoffs with the way things are going. Everyone else is sort of stumbling in that division. So, um, yeah, can't see that one happening. Um, I would be I would be very happy for even crying tears of joy if it did happen. But Heskiff, there was someone else crying tears last night in the football, wasn't there? Oh, there was. There was. <laughs> he, the he, sweetest he was trying tears. to hold them back so hard. <laughs> what, what was funny, um, obviously, we're talking about Lewis Dunk. Um, I was out at a concert last night and um, my wife was watching the game at home and all my palace mates were watching it as well. And I get these periodic updates on the game. Um, mostly in frustration about how a Brighton still at nil nil, but obviously there, there was a point at which I looked at my phone when Ericsson had just scored, and in amongst all the swearing and expletives, 
it was just people laughing at Lewis Dunk. <laughs> um, I got sent photos. I went on Twitter. I saw the photos. It was joyous. I mean, it made, you know, if we weren't already happy with the win against Arsenal, seeing that ratty little face trying to hold the tears in, I just, it was, it was a cherry on top. Why is he crying? It was, it was, they'd put everything on the line. I mean, I watched the game and to be fair, Duncan Duffy were excellent. And, um, and then to, just you, fall, to fall right at the end there is was pretty brutal. Yeah, but have you ever seen another? Have you ever seen anybody else cry in a situation? Like, fair enough. If they were like confirmed as relegated at the end of it, you go, oh, you know, fair enough. But have you ever seen another footballer just cry at a lot? What is just another loss? Um, I don't know. Maybe I w- I'm not looking for it in other footballers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had criers in the last couple of years, but from a more um... yeah, like punch and crying when he, you know. Yeah, for all various reasons, but again, positive ones. <laughs> yeah, crying to the judge, please, please, yeah. no, um... <laughs> <laughs> please, please, give me my belt back. <laughs> Jordan Ayew was crying this season, but again, that was from joy, shock. I think. Oh, yeah, joy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say shock. That was the realization that he knows he's got to go back to Swansea. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's touch on Jordan Ayew a bit because. I thought his cameo at the game against Arsenal on the weekend was really good, Heskiff. He um, he came on and defended really well from the front while we were trying to hold on. Yeah, he did. I've got to say, at the time, I thought it was the wrong sub to make um, because Benteke went off and I thought Benteke had a a fantastic game. Um, You know, quite apart from from the goal and and the set-up for Wilf, I thought he was brilliant. Um, And, you know, one thing we'd said about Ayu in the past was, you know, sometimes he looks like he can't be arsed and... Yet the, the games where he sort of made an impression are the games where he has looked bothered, um, and and we needed him to put put in a shift for you know fifteen minutes, whatever it was, when he come on twenty minutes, and he did, and it makes a difference. It really makes a difference because in a game like that, even if you're not looking to him to to score, I mean, obviously it'd be great if he did. You're looking to him to yeah work the defence, not make it easy, not to invite pressure on yourself, and he was. I thought he was very good at that. Uh, when he came on. Yeah, and the press has been linking in with a four million move to Palace in the summer. Um, Albert, for for four million, for someone who has scored goals in the Premier League in the past, a a decent amount of goals as well, um, that's got to be a good bit of business, hasn't it? Oh, that's a tough question because there's so many varying factors in that. Like, if... If four million is, you know, a sizable chunk of our overall what we've got to spend this summer, I'm not sure I'd want four million of it going on Jordan Ayew. No disrespect. Um, you know, if we if we if we keep Ben Teke and <laughs> Connor Wickham, <laughs> um, then yeah, I would. I, you know, I'd probably be happy paying four million for for Jordan Ayew as that as a sort of squad rotational player. Um, but if we were to lose Christian Benteke and God forbid Zaha, um, who, who, you know, who knows who would be the sort of the big marquee replacement for either of those players. But um, if Jordan Ayew was the replacement for either of those with no other sort of big name coming in as well, then I, I, I can't help but feel that I'd be slightly disappointed with that. Yeah, I, I'd imagine there would be if if Zaha went and Benteke went, I'd imagine we'd go young. As well, I don't think Ayu would be the marquee signing. I think it'd be a case of, you know, we'd we'd bring other strikers in. We've been heavily linked with Shay Adams from um, Birmingham, who every time I've watched him this season, he looks great. But not a player that scores, not a natural goal scorer, but he 
can certainly put himself about up front and would do really well in our system now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't think it'd be the marquee. If we sold Zaha, I'm sure we'd we'd have a bit of a splash out. And if we got rid of Benteke as well, that frees up you know a good quarter of a million pound a week in wages or somewhere around that number. So anyway, we're going off on a diatribe. Let's um, go off to this short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Everton's visit to Sellerst. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Okay, so I was listening back to the preview pod on the way home from work today. Thank you very much, Southern, for um, the two-hour journey home. Enjoyed that. And um, Heskiff, you were saying that to get anything from the Arsenal game, we were going to need to get runners beyond Benteke. You almost sound like you know what you're talking about. I know. After having completely laughed it up by saying that we, Luca definitely won't score a penalty against Newcastle, <laughs> I've somehow managed to uh, redeem myself a little bit. Um, well, it's what we were all crying out for, really. I think when Benteke played in the Man City game, I, I mean, I, I said this on the pod last week, but I thought he was very good, but he didn't have the support that he should have had. Mm-hmm whether that's someone running past him or or picking up the second ball, you know, sort of running around him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wolf's, Wolf's goal, I mean, quite apart from Mustafi stopping for like literally no reason, um, you know, it came about because Wilf anticipated and made the run past him. And, you know, I, I think we can get a lot of joy from that, especially with the pace that Wilf has, the power that he's got, um, you know, and, and, and I'm really glad that it happened because, you know, I think Benteke has been playing well since he's come back. But it was a real complete performance, I think, uh, on Sunday. Scoring, setting up a goal, being a real pain. Um, and, and yeah, it's what we've been crying out for. It's what we're capable of doing. And it all sort of came together on Sunday. Yeah, and another, something that made me laugh greatly on the pod was um, Albert recalling... Aston Villa's 1-0 victory at Sellers when Benteke gallops away, something he doesn't do anymore. But um, it's like he heard you, Albert, and decided I'm going to prove that bloke from that podcast wrong. That's the reaction I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was was a joyful, joyful thing to behold. You know, um, again, and I'm not having a dig at him because I really like him and I'd like him to stay. and, and, And hopefully this is the sort of the beginning of a new, you know, reinvigorated Christian Benteke. But 
you know, the head, the head, the head of straight at the keeper, but still goes in, which is you know a, a great bit of luck, and he he deserves it. But yeah, the the the, the flick on for Zaha, and 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 it just his general his general bullying of the Arsenal centre halves, which which I alluded to last week as well. I don't know if you heard that bit. Um, you know, we know Mustafi, and you know, is, is prone to a clangor and, and there for the taking. And just, I think it set the tone. You know, getting that early goal and putting himself about. He, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and he's um, obviously got goals against Everton in his in his career. Um, do you think he'll be able to kick on? I think because there was a difference. You know, when he scored that goal against Leicester, that penalty, and he, he broke out into that big grin. He couldn't contain his emotions and stuff like that. And what I really enjoyed about this goal, it was straight back to the silencer, which is pretty bold when you haven't scored um, for almost a year to the day. I think it was three hundred and fifty-eight days to the previous goal and he's there like giving the the old LeBron James celebration which is um suggests there's a bit of business about him well you can look at it that way or you can look at it if he thinks shit I've, I've scored a goal I better do the celebration because I don't know when I'm going to get another chance <laughs> to do it and I look really cool doing it so well like, there you go. Really yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it away. I've tried it, it did I, I do you know what I tried it when we finished the um marathon march um, <laughs> back in October, but to get to get your your, your thighs up that high when you've walked twenty six miles, let alone to slap them, um, it's harder than it looks. And as walking is a good turn to make a nod to the hundred or so Palace and Arsenal fans that walked to the game on the weekend. Um, needless to say, they got the weather for it. Fantastic sunshine, and um, you know, a really good raising awareness for male suicide. There, everyone in the stadium wearing. Um, high visits to draw attention to it and obviously Leon McKenzie joined them for a walk as well he's had he suffers with mental health in the past so um well done to everyone who participated in that um hopefully there'll be another one in the future I'll keep saying I'm going to join these walks <laughs> I've managed I've managed to get out of it for the entire time now I haven't gone on a single one but um I do plan on doing one of the walks next year so um Albert you can hold me to account for that and Hesk if you're coming as well Sure. Just tell me there's beers on offer at the finish line and I'll be there. Yeah, no there was beers halfway. There was beers halfway on the marathon march. What? Yeah, it was lunch lunch in a in a pub. One of the Were one you? of the rest stops was in a boozer. You never mentioned was, that. I would have been all the way there, mate. I, well, I didn't know till I got there. Right. Was that I mean, the boozer you were hugging the toilet in or was that? No, the other that was boozer? at the end. That was at the end. Thank you. <laughs> Um, another thing we talked about, uh, well, not we, you guys talked about last week, was um, our set pieces and how they hadn't been so great. Um, complete change around against Arsenal. And it may easy to be easy to think that, you know, Arsenal were a bit soft in the belly and crap from defending set pieces, but that was only the second time they conceded from a corner. And it's timely, isn't it, Heskiff? Because, you know, Everton, uh, Everton specifically, but also um, Marco Silva is what is, is that his name? Marco Silva? Yes. That's his That's name, isn't one. it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wolves three, Arsenal nil. Um, sorry, that's that's at the time of recording, which is going on right now. Um, it looks like we broke the gunners on the weekend. Um, but yeah, and Marco Silva teams are not very good at defending set pieces. So this is a, a good time for us to start getting good. It is, and it's it's a good time uh, when we've got Benteke and Dan in the team at the moment. Uh, I know I was a bit I was a bit critical of Dan in sort of general play because you know he obviously his, his pace isn't there, and you know his passing 
uh, to set moves up isn't as good as, as Sacco's. But one thing that he is exceptional at, which he has been exceptional at since he's been at Palace, is being a threat of corners and free kicks. Um, and having him and Benteke to aim at in there is is great because it sort of clicked at the same time that Luca started actually getting decent balls in the box, um, which has also been a bit scarce this season. Um, mm. But yeah, we, I mean, it, it, you know, we look a threat and, and I, I mean, I'm not, I don't watch every Everton game, but I know that Silver likes his zonal marking. He certainly did. He certainly did at Watford and Hull. And I think zonal marking's crap. And I, and I think if we can get good balls in the box and get enough corners and free kits going, then we're definitely going to be a threat. And, and I hope um, that the, the performance on Sunday from Benteke um, has given him the confidence to really start attacking attacking crosses and, and if we get balls up in there um at a good height for him then I you know I think he's going to be dangerous um it's a big if because you know that's asking us to put a number of crosses in there but I'm, I'm hoping that he's now it's the turnaround and he's really going to push on even if it's you know only for the last sort of three games of the season yeah it would be really nice to see him start catching up on all the goals he's missed out on. <laughs> Obviously, that stat was doing the rounds of that he was the fastest player of some very, very good players to make it to 70 Premier League goals. Um, Aguero on that list, Hazard on that list, amongst others. And... Um, it just shows, you know, what a good goal scorer he is. And obviously to still be the quickest after um, missing so many, so many goals in the past couple of years, it's quite impressive really that um, he still tops that list. So, you know, if he converts back to type, um, he's going to be scoring an awful lot of goals over the next year, you know, somewhere in the 25 to 30 region. Um, might be, might be clashing at straws there, but um Albert, this could be a game that suits him. Uh, I don't. I, I'm a little bit unsure about us repeating the formation we played at Arsenal because we've been managed. We've managed to be able to get out of Evan ever since we've come back to the Premier League, and they've not really changed that much under Silver because they like to push on their fullbacks, and obviously that suits our natural wide game. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm inclined to agree. The only the only caveat that you know I throw in there is that it's at home, so we you know we tend to throw in. Vastly different performances at home than we do away. Um, whether that's due to shape or you know the pressure of being at home, we don't know. And the, the you know the other thing that kind of makes me slightly nervous is that you know albeit at home, but you know Everton in their last six games have, have beaten Chelsea, Arsenal, and United without conceding any goals. Mm. Um, so that's something that I would. And with our goal scoring record at home being, you know, it's well documented that it, it isn't great. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily relying on it as a you know oh we've we've turned Arsenal over we're going to turn Everton over at home I think it could be it's you know it's it's probably going to be a harder game and I know we're saying that with a bit of hindsight looking at the Arsenal game but you know Everton have had a little bit of form so um you know they've only really slipped up against Fulham in recent weeks and and Newcastle a while ago you know we lost out by a late goal so um you know yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think it's a banker by any means yeah, it's, it's it's crazy when you look at Everton's recent fixtures where you go pretty much since the end of February, they win 3-0 at Cardiff, 0-0 at Liverpool, against Liverpool, then a 3-2 loss against uh, Newcastle, but then 2-0 against Chelsea, 2-0 against West Ham, 1-0 against Arsenal, slip up 2-0 to Fulham, and then 4-0 against May United. It's, um, there's so many clean sheets in there, it's insane. Um with the two slip-ups there away, teams lower down in the division. So again, that could be something that 
plays into our hand. And something I've, you know, I was looking at today, Palace between sort of like March and May are probably one of the best teams in the Premier League <laughs> since we've got promoted to the Premier League, with the exception of um, the season where we were really, really bad, where we made the cup final. The rest of the times, we're pretty much averaging a point and a half or above a game when you get into the last few months of the season. And Heskip, do you think it's a lot to do with we're usually safe by that point and the pressure's off? And that's, I think, so much at home this season. I've been so concerned about trying not to lose against crap teams and trying not to give them points in fear of a relegation battle. But now the pressure's off, now we're safe. Do you think the shackles have come off a little bit at home and we might see some better performances? Possibly. I'd like to see it. Um, I think, I think... <laughs> Do you sound so sceptical? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, the way that we played against Arsenal on Sunday surprised me it, in a positive way. Like I, I was really pleased with the way we played, considering how sort of flat we'd been against Tottenham not, not that long earlier. Um, and, you know, at the end of last year, if you think back to the end of the season, like you said, we were we were playing some great stuff. We had the 5-0. We were great against Stoke. We comfortably beat West Brom there at the end of the season. So it maybe is a case of, you know, we, we now we've got the, the magic points total and we're, you know, we're safe from relegation that we can really sort of push on and play a bit more free-flowing football. Um, I'd like to see it because I think it's what, and again, we say this all the time, but it's what we've been calling out for, you know, having Kiara and Meyer in the team and Benteke and Wilf in the team. You know, you could even put Andros back in there. This is a team that's capable of playing some really nice attacking football. And that doesn't necessarily mean going all out and, you know, chucking everyone forward like we did under Pardew. But it, it, but it also means that we can play a, a little bit more creatively and, um, you know, not go into it like you say, thinking, oh, we can't lose at home to Cardiff. So I think in those games, if we had shown a bit more intent, we would have we would have beaten them because we're, we're quite capable of it. So, um, yeah, now that we're mathematically safe, even I can say that now, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see why we wouldn't, basically. Um, Albert Kiate, we'll, we'll touch on him. Um, Scotty Stacks from the band The Manor, who will be playing at Player of the Season at Box Park, for anyone who's going to be there, um, did an away days video for the club on the weekend. You can watch that on eagles.cpfc.co.uk, I think it is. And um, <laughs> he says, um, oh, I love Czech Kuyate. Um, if I ever swing the other way, I'm coming for you, mate. <laughs> um, were you that impressed with his performance on the weekend? Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. You know, he's he's a he's a player that we got, you know, a bit like Tompkins got from West Ham for, a, you know, quite a surprisingly decent price, considering the you know the in, you know the Premier League and international experience he's got. Um, and I really like him. I think when he when he's in the team, he he can do a bit of the dirty work. You know, he's he's. I didn't know how good he was going forward. He can carry the ball. Um, I really, I really, really like him, and I, I do think. You know, there's a lot of speculation whether Meyer would still be at the club next season. I'm, I'm, I hope he does. Um, but, you know, I think MacArthur, MacArthur again, I'm not having to go at him, but MacArthur's, you know, in the latter stages of probably his career with us. So I'd like to think that we'll see more of Kiate as a, you know, as a regular starter um, next season, hopefully, because I think he's um, he's a fantastic player. And was it 10 million? Mm. I mean, it's a steal, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like we do to West Ham for players what Liverpool do to us. 
we rip them off. <laughs> we get their good players for really cheap prices where we buy um, really overpriced Liverpool ones. Um, but I also, what I love about Czech Kiarte and Heskey, if I don't know if you noticed this at the game, um, there was the look of disbelief at Leno when he saved, made the double save from him. And then likewise, there was the on his knees praying to the referee not to book him when Mustafi dived. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of my... That was one of the highlights of the game because I think we were all doing it in the stand when the ref blew. None of us could believe that he was given a free kick for the for the awful dive. Um, I actually couldn't believe it when he booked him for a dive. It was great because it was. But yes, Kiarte's reaction was fantastic. Yeah, and John um, Mo- John Moss also made it as well because he was looking at Kiarte like, "Why are you on your knees? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, what's wrong I'm, with I, you? I'm obviously booking him for diving, and then realised, oh shit, I haven't put my hand up. There you go. <laughs> It's a, it's a dive, yeah. That was a shocking dive as well, um, especially with Albert, your mate on Twitter, talking about diving players. Mustafi pulling out that, drag the two feet together and just completely fall over. He's not my mate. <laughs> Wait, Wavy Davies, not your mate. Not with a name like that, no. <laughs> Sounds like something from the acid jazz scene or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kiate. I think he's going to prove to be a very, very good signing for us. Um, like I said, I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of reshuffles going on over the summer. I think we're probably going to lose a couple for the first time, really, because we're not really um, we're not we've not really been a selling club recently. But I think I think we'll lose some players, and there'll be a little bit of a reshuffle in the summer and. Maybe that's part of what Hodgson's doing at the moment, seeing what he can do with Maya, seeing what he can do with Kiarte and on the grounds that they'll probably be the players that are in and about the starting eleven most of the time next season. Can I uh, press you to, for who you think will go? Um, honestly, I, I, I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka will go. I think we'll probably get an offer that's too good. To Yeah, I'm, I'm watching this United team and Matteo Darmian is somehow at Ryback again. Yeah, well, they got, it's, well, it's he's, too obvious, isn't it? He's got the right three. He's the right of a three, and then it doesn't get any better when you get to right wing back because that's actually young. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's a few teams that could do with a player like him at, at high level. Um, and so if you're a big, you'd be stupid. If you're a big club with any sort of money to spend, you'd be stupid not to come after him. And um, and I think it's also good for us in terms of. And we we should cash in really for uh, for what we could get with the money we could sell him for we can we could expand the team a lot more um of course like i would love him to play for us forever as with zaha and take us to european football and stuff like that but you know if we're living a little bit more realistically that's very very unlikely and he could fund he could go along with funding some of the stand he could fund more players into the squad and all sorts of things and um the reverse if we don't get any money from him we're going to have to give him a bloody big contract <laughs> anyway which is going to push our wage bill up even more beyond what it is now and it's already at its limits so um i think it makes a lot of sense financially for us to cash in on one bissaka whether we do or not will remain to be seen i think the offer will have to be right but um yeah if one of the big clubs aren't looking at him i'd be i'd be very surprised and i uh, i also think mamadou sako will go um, I think he's another one where if we can get anywhere near the money we paid for him and get him off the wage bill, I think that will happen. And I think we'll start looking towards sort of more championship players, sort of back to our old ways that we used to look at things to try and bring in, 
you know, bring down that aging squad that we have average age wise and get it a little bit lower, get a little bit more prospects in there, people with sell on value and so on. I don't, I don't think we want to be stuck in this position anymore where we're spending 30 million on players like Sacco, who by the end of his contract isn't really worth anything anymore. So yeah, so that's, that, that's what I think. Um, that, but that's just merely me speculating. I don't, <laughs> this isn't any inside knowledge or anything like that. That's just me thinking about logically, how do I think it will work out? And um, yeah, that's it. So predictions, I know I don't even need to know what the predictions were last week. So I know none of, no one got them right. Um, Heskiff, what, what about this weekend? I mean, I, there are so many one ones in the back of the NS prediction league this week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, to, to be honest, my my initial prediction was going to be one all, but I looked I looked at the our little our little spreadsheet of predictions from from the whole team, and there are quite a lot of one alls. So I'm gonna I still think it'll be a draw. And I know we're at home, so I'm being a bit outrageous, but I think two all. I think we're going to score two goals at home. Yeah, well, they have been uh, conceding goals away from home, Everton, not so much at home. So, um, yeah, you're the only 2-2 on there, which um, Ed Ed went for a win at Arsenal. So he's now extended his lease to 33 points, uh, but eight points ahead of you, Heskiff. I think I've got to concede. Mm. In fact, I have to concede because it's... Well, no, you can still get you can still get 34 points. So... Okay. Oh, but right. not, not with, but with, a, with a draw, though, you can only tie. He's got 1-1. One, one. With two two, yeah. you can only tie if it I'm not, does I'm come. Not gonna, I'm I'm fine with second if that's where I come. Yeah. I will. There's a joke. There's so, a joke in there somewhere. So, so is Vanessa. <laughs> there's a joke and no comment. No comment. Move on, Albert. Albert. <laughs> Albert. Um, me and you are tied on twenty points in third place. <laughs> so. Um, um. No one cares. I'm, I mean, it's all going down to the wire, nah. but no one cares. It's just for lols. Um, I was going to say two all. Um, then I was going to change it to one all. Then I heard that everybody else has gone one all. So I was going to go back to two two. Then Heskiff's gone two two. So I'm going to go two one Palace. Two one Palace. All right. Um, yeah, you're going to get some optimism from me this week. I'm feeling good. I'm buzzing. I had one one in the sheet, but I'm changing it to two nil Palace. Um, yeah, I think I think Everton have got a little bit of a ropey performance in them away from home, as a recent former suggested, against teams where they're kind of expecting to get a result. So maybe they're just kind of a little bit like Wolves this season, you know, set up better to perform well against the better teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a two 0 win and um all set up to, you know, get get that win in just before we we roll over against Cardiff and uh, send Brighton down. So um there you go, that's your predictions for this week. We'll be back after this. Hello, listeners to The Preview Show. This is Chris Hamlin from The Review Show. Uh, just trying to direct you with the general attention. The Review Show, I'm pretty sure you're listening already because it's brilliant. Um, it's also worth me pointing out how brilliant the preview show that you're listening to is. You know, Terence and his hilarious behaviour. Albert and his, you know, he's just so dry and sarcastic and witty. And then Sam, who likes to point out his nasal voice. But he's, you know, he says some very sensible things. And he's a funny guy too. Great team. They are a great team. Love them. Love them the bits. Anyway, um, that, you know, enjoy You're enjoying that. Come and enjoy what we do. Uh, usually drops on a Sunday. We play at a sensible time. But hey, it's weekly. Right, that's your lot for this week. Um, please head over to iTunes and all that sort of stuff and give us five-star ratings. And um, let's more people listen to us. More people are listening to us than ever. So um, we really appreciate everyone who has gone and left those ratings for us. Uh, Heskiff, 
where 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 will you be going before the game? If if people want to come and find you and say we really love the pod, where could they see you? Oh my god! If that ever happens, I'll be worried. Um, it's a big if, isn't it? Massive if. Um, probably where do I go before the game? Fan park or whatever it's called. Fan zone. Do you really go there? Is that what it's called? Yeah, just go there for like a quick drink. I'm in I'm in the glaziers afterwards until they kick us out after like half a pint. Is that you're pretending to be a player in like the players' lounge? Yeah, I can't really get away with it anymore. I'm too old now. <laughs> Obviously, I could get away with it when I was younger as well, I'm saying. And Albert, mm. any, any chance of the baby appearing this weekend or we still got a few more weeks? Uh, we're, we're two and a half weeks away. So um, for that reason, I won't be at the game. Um, but if people really want to come and tell me, you know, how much they love the pod, just come, just pop in, just pop round. What, in Watford? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Or just head out to Kingston and he'll come out for a beer if you're in Kingston. Yeah, I'll see, yeah. see you in the KT1. Massive. Yeah. And also we're closing in to just um, a couple more pods left after this one in terms of preview pods, uh, which will also sadly be bill- at the end of Billiam's time. We're back at a nest as the season closes in. So um, we're all going to sound like crap next season uh, with Billiam not producing us. Well, I'm sure not. We'll probably get someone way better in, won't we? That's what I imagine is going to happen. <laughs> He's too busy with his voiceovers to deal with us. Fair play. Yeah. Are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to William as always for producing and um, got the review show as normal on Sunday this week with a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Some rarities there. So listen out for that. And then there will obviously be Love Sports in the middle of next week before we are back Thursday next week. Normal weeks. What were you saying, Albert? It's usually down to you. You're about. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be back Thursday next week where we will be talking about the trip to Cardiff, uh, which will hopefully be sending Brighton back down to the Championship. Until then, up the Palace. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.